This is going to be a awkward episode, but it's okay. What episode of ours is not <laughs> awkward, honestly? We uh we forgot the microphone because we're recording at my place, so we're recording on my like little iPhone microphone. It's a good microphone. It is. It's just an awkward setup because it wasn't charged. Yeah. But yeah. So Rachel's just like <laughs> awkwardly holding the laptop and the microphone. <laughs> it's fine. I figure this first part, I'll hold it, and then after that, it should be charged enough. Yeah hopefully hell yeah but yeah like what would you expect from an what else would you expect from an episode of a difficult dancers <laughs> a podcast about what cat badass women and sometimes problematic women from history and who am i uh, i don't know wow oh, that's kidding. you're rich i'm just the person <laughs> that got you the perfect birthday present she did tell them what you got me, no Rachel. you tell them i don't want to i, I can't carry us you're so I can't you're so excited about it she got me tickets to see the anastasia, anastasia! musical broadway musical broadway broadway so musical December. <laughs> i um it was really funny because like i could have just gotten you more crystals which i'm sure you would have really liked but um I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. When it comes to the love languages, like gift giving is kind of low on mine because I really, is it really interesting. It is because I really like gift giving. It's just never been it's my very natural empty for you. It can be okay. It's not that it's empty. I just don't think I'm very good at coming up with a good gift, and I I don't like arbitrary gifts. Yeah. I like to do something I know the other person's really gonna like and appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, and... I'm I'm the same way. Like I I don't just like go out and buy something. I get like really mad when it's close to the time. I'm like, I haven't bought anything and everyone's like, just go buy something. I'm like, no. Well, and I feel like you just like you between you, Mandy and Whitney, who are my triarchy. Hey. Um <laughs> You guys just always have such brilliant ideas and I'm like, do they just come to you out of nowhere? Cuz for me, I have to like really think about well, it. Well, for me, it's like I'll be, you know, searching Amazon aimlessly or, like, um, Facebook will even, like, be like, look at how pretty this is. I'm like, that's really expensive. Let me check Amazon. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, like, yeah. see things. I, it's not necessarily, like... You just save I, them? Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of what I do, like, throughout the year. Or, like, you'll say you like something and then I save it sneakily. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did that, so... I definitely um, pay attention to people about stuff. The... <laughs> The gifts I was thinking about for you was I was like either a tar- another tarot deck, which yes. you can never go wrong with, no, never. <laughs> or um, putting a little bit of money towards our next tattoo, which is going Hell to yeah, be it's gonna be stayed. Yes. Oh. We're gonna do a podcast tattoo. Oh, yeah. Um, but then I was on the gram and in- the gram, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that Anastasia was gonna be in town the Broadway show, and I was oh, like, yeah. literally. It was like it the, was the heavens universe. was like, hey, look. The light from the heavens came down and was like, oh. I think we've me- made mention several times that Anastasia is like one of our yes. favorite movies. Yeah. I watched it the other day because I was having a very fucking shitty yeah. day. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch Dimitri be handsome Thanks as hell. And I'm going to sing. And I'm going to laugh at Bar Talk. <laughs> it's me. Anastasia. But yeah, so we're going to. make that more dramatic than that actually is, No, it's, it's so dramatic. It's amazing. You can't possibly make it more dramatic. Oh, man. But- 
um, in addition to that, uh, we're going to do another unboxing <laughs> on the podcast because um, I would say let's film it, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's not that many this time. So unless we just like film my hands. <laughs> my bestie Mandy, Mandy made more amazing jewelry. So those two boxes are for you. Are they for me? Yes. 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 Okay. Hi-ya. Yes. So. Opening the first boot. These here. are fucking pretty boxes. I know. Oh she gave me a whole bunch. So. <gasps> there's a crown on that one. <laughs> oh, oh my god, god guys. Know. There's a crown. It's perfect. It's perfect. Ooh. Are these clips? Mm-hmm. Oh my they're god. You guys, I'm sorry. That's really loud. These are hair clips and they're beautiful. Ooh, I love this. That's a sun. <gasps> what is that? You know what? I need to find out from Mandy. I like it. It's, it's one of the greens. I can't remember. She did tell me. But it's, it's one of the greens. <laughs> it's one of, I'm not as familiar with it, but. You I guys, I like that. green stuff, but I don't support the fucking high towers. <laughs> we are anti high tower. tower here. Ew. <laughs> we are Ooh, not team green. Not team green. That's an amethyst. Ooh, this is pretty. Yeah. Oh, is this a dolphin? Yes. Oh hell. Oh god. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> that's yeah I saw that and immediately. Was like that's for cats. Yes, if anyone doesn't know, dolphins are my favorite animal. <laughs> this is pretty. And that's a golden pearl. This is like a very, real golden this is pearl. Very Anastasia. Yes. I like it. You know what? I might give you the earrings that go it's with it. It's pretty. I have to get my ears pierced now because Mandy gave me earrings. Oh, yeah. You guys, she won't let me do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love you, but I don't trust you that much. That's <laughs> but yeah, so. Hell yeah. So, Thanks, Mandy. You're yeah, beautiful. thank you, Mandy. Again, every time I wear her jewelry now, I'm going to start thanking you on this podcast. Do it. Mandy, we support you. Every time I wear mandy's jewelry people are always like your jewelry is so beautiful and i'm like i know my friend made it i'm trying to get her to sell it yes because <laughs> she'll make money and my mars is in capricorn and it's like monetize all the things monetize all the things <laughs> but anyway. you know i would i would i will say like when you're creative and you have like a creative niche it's like really hard to sell your shit like it's more fun to give it away and like She's getting to a point, and we've talked about this. She's like, I'm not going to be able to give you more jewelry. You're going to tell me no. And I'm like, I, I am. I will never tell you So I, I was literally at the Ren Fair going in and out of all of oh, the jewelry yeah. booths. And they sell them for a shit ton. They do. And I was just, every yeah, time I. Go to farmer's markets. It's fun. Yeah. I was just like, I went in and out. And I was just like, no, my friend makes prettier jewelry. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy, sell your stuff. Yeah, Mandy. Keep, keep I'll making. model it. Keep making. I'll model it. Yeah. <laughs> Send us samples. We'll model. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we we're we're not listening to a podcast about jewelry. Why not? I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> like that not. would be a very boring podcast. I'd I be mean, like watching the that uh, Hall not Hallmark. What's the? No, I'm not gonna say. It's Jen. <laughs> okay. You know that thing where they sell stuff in like the middle of the night? What's that channel? Oh called? yeah, like you know, you know what I'm um, talking about? It has a name. I just it's like don't the know late it. night. Uh, Gosh. It's like the infomercials, in, it's an and, infomercial you're, and you're like, "What the fuck is channel. happening? This is yeah. like a weird commercial, but it doesn't yeah. end." Yeah, well, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna end. Infomercial. We're ending. <laughs> we're not doing the infomercial. <laughs> Buy Mandy's jewelry when she starts selling it. We will totally pimp it out. <laughs> yes. Um. No. So this is again difficult damsels. Ooh. So, who's our damsel this day? What? Well, I'm gonna do a disclaimer before oh, saying her okay. name. Um, cool, because I just read the name, so I ruined it for myself. <laughs> So, um, here's my disclaimer. The the woman we are covering is Zumurud of Damascus. I'm probably going to struggle with the name Zumurud a lot, so bear with me. Um, good so far. But she is an Islamic woman from the Crusader era who existed pretty much um, right around the same time as Melisande. Hell yeah. And so my disclaimer is this. 
Finding information on Islamic women that wielded an influence during the Crusader era is even more difficult than finding information on Christian women. Zumurud takes up only four pages in Catherine Penjonis's book, Queens of Jerusalem. Okay. But her story is fascinating. Um, in attempting to do additional research on her, it was almost impossible to find anything online. So thank you, Catherine, for doing the hard work. <laughs> yes. So this will be a shorter episode, but I, like, again, I was reading those four pages and I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what just ha- What did I just read? Because it was so crazy. Oh, I want to... Let's, I'll put in a disclaimer. It's not a disclaimer. But um, I just want to put in, uh, uh, sorry, this episode's late, guys. Oh, yeah. That was Kat's fault because Kat's parents came into town and Rachel and I had every intention of recording on <laughs> Sunday. But we, my parents and I were going to Medieval Times for my birthday. And How dare you enjoy your birthday. I'm Kat. sorry. We were supposed <laughs> to go Monday, but thankfully I looked at tickets the night before and I was like, or the Saturday before, and I was like, oh my god, you guys, there's no tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to go Sunday, so it ruined That's, the plans. Life happened, and fine. I just want to say so sorry, but not sorry, because I no, had a lot you of fun. don't, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, we talked about this, like, if we gotta push episodes off, we'll push them off, it's yeah. not a big deal. I have a lot of stuff coming up in May, so yeah. that may happen, we'll see. Cat might buy one of these nifty little microphones, and maybe we'll try <laughs> recording from afar. Remotely. Yeah, it, it is pretty easy. We'll reach out to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Through the ether. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so a little bit of historical t- context for the time period, which you've heard before, but you're going to hear it again. Yay! <laughs> so in 1107, Sigurd I of Norway becomes the first Norwegian king to embark on a crusade to the Holy Lands and help the king of Jerusalem take Sidon from the Muslims. Sigurd! Hello! <laughs> in 1109, Bertrand of Toulouse captures the count of Tripoli and claims it for the Christian crusaders. This is basically like Tripoli being created as a crusader state. Oh, cool. Okay. In 1119, the Knights Templar are founded to protect Christian pilgrims to Jerusalem. Ew, that's not the only reason they were founded. (laughs) You know it. In 1120, William Adelin, the only legitimate son of Henry I of England, dies in the White Ship disaster. I'm Stephen of Blah. (laughs) Survived. Ew. (laughs) He did because he was a wet blanket and didn't want to drink and party. You remember that? God. Like, if he had just sunk the boat. <laughs> right? We would have just gone. The anarchy yeah. would have never happened. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the white ship disaster happens, and Henry names his daughter, Empress Matilda, as the heir presumptive to the English throne. Ooh. In 1125, King Baldwin II of Jerusalem defeats the Seljuk Turks at the Battle of Azaz. Same year, over in China, the Jin Dynasty declares war on the Song Dynasty, beginning the Jin Song Wars. From 1130 to 1138, this marks the period known as a papal schism, there were many, (laughs) between Pope Innocent II and anti-Pope Anacletus II. In 1137, Louis VII of France marries Eleanor of Aquitaine. And in 1144, Edessa falls to Adebeg Zengi's forces, prompting the start of the Second Crusade. Um, so another thing about this episode before I get too deep into it, um, just a <laughs> I'm five, fourteen. Just just a reminder, I am a white girl who's speaking about a completely different culture. So I did my best to do my due gil- diligence. Due diligence to I, I'm gonna try my best to like do the culture justice. Um, if anybody is listening and I get anything wrong, please reach out and let me know. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But also, 
calm down because we are no. covering no <laughs> <laughs> like, like you I'm, I'm not gonna turn back feedback if, if i get no. something wrong tell me i'm fine with it That's it's fair. not gonna hurt my feelings good because i give you feedback all the time <laughs> you do okay so unfortunately zumurud is one of those women that we do not have a birthday for of course not i can't even give you an approximate birthday oh damn it i can't even give you an approximate decade stop it <laughs> She existed at one point in time with a year. So all we know is that she was active sometime in the early 12th century and rose to power in Damascus right around the same time as Melisande during the 1130s. I should not be surprised or, you know, floored that that happens when, like, mm-hmm. women rise to power and they still can't get their names in the fucking, or their birth dates in the fucking history books. Even, like, the general decade. Like, just, yeah, Although just Kev guesstimate. Was the same. Although Kev was the same. That's ridiculous. There, there is a reason this period, like, we are in the, like, high middle ages, but it was also known as, like, the dark ages for a long time because there's just not a lot of written record. Yeah. Well, they're too busy fighting wars <laughs> that they don't, they don't need to fight. <laughs> so during the Crusader era, there were three cities that were considered the jewels of the Levant that rose to power, and they basically have their own incredibly powerful and influential courts. Constantinople was the jewel of the Byzantine Empire. Jerusalem was the jewel of the Christian faction of the Outrummer. And the third was Damascus, with Damascus being the central court for the Muslim faction during the early Crusader era, um, especially in the Crusader area. I love the name Damascus. I do too. It's a fun name. Damascus. <laughs> Damascus. Like the Byzantine and Christian courts, the Muslim court of Damascus had its own world of politicking, intrigue, and general mischief that kept Islamic leaders as busy with internal conflicts as their Christian and Greek counterparts. (laughs) Yes, because why would we get along? (laughs) No, that's just silly. That's stupid. That's just dumb. (laughs) Not stupid, stupid, because I can't talk. (laughs) At the time of Zumrud's youth, the Islamic faction would have been a collection of tribes and emirates stretching from Egypt up through Syria and into modern-day Iran. You can Iran. Think, Iran. You can think of emirates as being like a principality or a territory that operated independently but still under the overlordship of the leader of the <laughs> Islamic world. Independently, but not. Basically. <laughs> the emirate of Damascus runs almost parallel to the kingdom of Jerusalem, and at the time of Zumrud's influence, there was an existing working and trade relationship between Jerusalem and Damascus. Zumrud was born Katin Safwat al-Mulk Zumrud. And the name Zumrud is Arabic and roughly translates to emerald. Oh, okay, okay. So I don't know the reason for that, but I'm going to create my own headcanon and basically <laughs> say she had, like, emerald green eyes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Like I'm just that. going with that. That's probably wrong, but yeah. But here we are. <laughs> We're telling the story, so shush. <laughs> As I mentioned, we have no idea when she was born at all. God. The Wikipedia doesn't even try to list an approximate date or a decade. Uh, she was birthed at one point in time. <laughs> We do know that Zumarud gave birth to her first son in 1113, so a rough approximate puts her birth sometime between 1095 and 1110 at the very latest, meaning she would have been 13. Stop. It was like, yeah. Gross. Yeah. Can you imagine having a child when you're still a child? No. I can't even imagine having a child at 33. That's 20 extra years that I'm still not there. <laughs> um, if you do look her up online, um, you'll sometimes see her called Zumarud Katin. Or Katin Zumarud. Okay. 
So she was the daughter of Amir Jawali, and he was basically the equivalent of a Muslim nobleman. She was also the half-sister of Dukak of Damascus. He was one of the Muslim leaders that tried to fend off the original Christian crusaders that invaded the Levant during the First Crusade and established the crusader states of Edessa, Antioch, Tripoli, and Jerusalem. So a little bit on Dukak, because he was a pretty big figure. Pre-Crusader era, his brother Ridwan had claimed the whole of Syria after their father died. Dukak lived with his brother for a time in Aleppo before throwing the whole of Syria into chaos by claiming Damascus for himself. So he basically, like, split up that portion of the map and was like, this is mine. This is mine now. This is mine This mine. And his brother was not happy. <laughs> He's like, the, you can't just do that. He's like, no, 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 look, line, like, the sand has a line in it. So therefore, you mustn't cross it. It is the simple, simplest it, rules. It, it is my line. <laughs> rules you of the cross. earth. <laughs> I just want to point out, you guys, that Rachel has um, phonetically how to say these names in parentheses because she is that amazing. <laughs> well, I had to because they're like, they're Islamic names. Some of them are pretty easy. It just makes me happy. Um, some of them I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so this <laughs> is why I say it. no one can give you feedback because you fucking tried. I tried. <laughs> I even looked up like YouTube videos. <laughs> you guys, she probably spent hours practicing this. So like, Not give hours, her a break. <laughs> I did try. By the time the first crusaders showed up, Dukak had established himself as a formidable ruler in Damascus, and the Islamic leaders in Antioch reached out to him for reinforcements. Oh, wow, okay. Yes. Well, again, those were Muslim leaders. This was before Mm. Antioch fell. Okay. It is generally accepted that the infighting and lack of central rulership within the Islamic faction led to their loss of territory in the Levant to the Christian crusaders. Well, yeah, if you're fighting each other. I remember that. For the episode we do next. Oh, okay. Yes. Spoiler. Just, just keep it. Just keep it tucked in the back of your mind. Okay, I'll forget it immediately. <laughs> so you'll remind me next time. But you guys can remember. <laughs> Zumarud's half brother was one of many Islamic leaders in the area that fought against the Frankish Crusader forces when they first invaded the Levant. This put him up frequently against some familiar faces, namely the future King Baldwin II of Jerusalem. A.K.A. Melisande's father. Oh. Yes. It's all connected. It's all connected, people. Now, we don't have the exact timeline, but somewhere along the line, Zumarud was married to a man by the name of Taj al-Maluk Buri, A.K.A. Adabeg Buri. Buri? Buri. Buri. I'm just going to say Buri, because otherwise it sounds like booty. Buri. Because I can't roll my eyes. You can't roll your eyes. (laughs) Buri. Um, another thing on the name Adabeg, it's actually a hereditary title of nobility of Turkish origin. Huh. And it was used frequently during the Seljuk Turkish rule during the 12th century. In many cases, the title was utilized by the leader or governor of a province that was subordinate to the monarch. Interesting. And often, they were charged with raising the crown prince of the region. Oh. So you kind of think of them as like a regent. Interesting. Burry had been an officer in Dukak's army, and after Dukak died, Burry's father took power in Damascus, and then Burry inherited the lordship after his father. Interesting. So again, we're not sure if Zumarud was married to Burry before her half-brother died or after. It's entirely possible that she was married to Burry as a blood relative of the previous 
previous, <laughs> previous Adebeg of Damascus to link the old ruling power with the new ruling power. Yes, because she is a woman and all she is is a freaking piece <laughs> to be sold. I'm going to say that's my conjecture. Okay. That's based on the other marriage alliances we've already kind of discussed. Yeah. So, again, if I'm wrong on that and somebody happens to know, tell me. Yeah, if you happen to be from this time and you remember <laughs> exactly. clearly because you're a if vampire. If you are a time traveler or a vampire, okay. if you're a vampire, know. please call me. <laughs> <laughs> Zumarud's husband also fought frequently against King Baldwin II of Jerusalem, just as her brother did. I feel like everyone fought against King Baldwin because he, he inserted himself into every fucking he thing. <laughs> he is the king of Jerusalem at this point as okay. well. Burry will end up being one of Baldwin's many adversaries, likely because of the proximity between the city of Jerusalem and the city of Damascus. Although Burry puts up several good fights against Baldwin, he frequently ends up on the losing side. Damn it. Baldwin does manage to march on Damascus itself and sieges the city in 1129, about a year after Burry took over as the ruler of Damascus. It is here that Burry manages to resist the king of Jerusalem's forces, thanks in large part to heavy rainfalls that made the yeah. land surrounding Damascus a nightmare to see. Yeah. He's like, no, fuck you! And the universe was like, yeah, fuck you! <laughs> the universe is like, not today. <laughs> Even before Burry fends off crusader forces and saves Damascus, the city undergoes several chaotic internal rebellions resulting in thousands of deaths for fuck's sake people you have everyone around you well, guess being why? like let me guess, take your guess land who is active right now in this time period Melisande. the assassins oh the Hassansen. the Hassansen. Hassansen. yes i don't know if they were actually called that but that's what i'm calling them um i believe that was like it might have been the islamic name but we know them as the assassins we talked about it before but that's actually where the word assassin comes Hell. from yeah so I don't have the full details here. They're like in the shadows. Yes. Well, they were like not shwing, in the shwing. shadows, but you knew that they like worked in the shadows. Oh, they like okay. openly worked in the shadows. Fine. The shadows were theirs. My conjecture. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> but again, so I don't have the full details here, but the Islamic group known as the Assassins were evidently involved in a plot to try and give up Damascus to Baldwin's crusader forces. Huh. Here's my headcanon. All the women are like, or all the assassins are veiled, so therefore they are all women. And that's why they did such a good job. Anyway. Well, they didn't in this instance. Oh, God damn it, then it was a man. (laughs) This was the one guy in the the sisterhood. (laughs) So I'm not sure if this plot was uncovered, but Burry had one of his own viziers assassinated. I'm assuming he was linked with the assassins. Sorry, you can't do that. Oh, they do that all the time. He's like, I don't like you. Not long after, uh, the militia within the city joins up with a mob of civilians to target anywhere from 6,000 to 10,000 members of the assassins within the city. Well, that sucks. Well, yeah. Well, they <laughs> tried to give the city to the enemy, to uh, crusader yeah. forces. Yeah, that's problematic. That's yeah. Problematic. It is. <sighs> Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Look, again, you rule at the behest of the people. Whether you want to do. admit it or not, the people yeah. is what keeps you in power. <laughs> well, yeah, Burry was with them. That's why he, I think, had his vizier assassinated. Again, it's really hard to find information on these people because they're not necessarily kings. Although, yeah. Zimmerdudes, kind of, sort of. Hey, 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 hey. We don't even need to say it anymore. I know the story. But yeah, I, I am sorry I don't have more info than that. Um, Zumarud's husband is targeted by a couple of assassins himself. Her husband is Buri? Yes. Buri. Buri. Because <laughs> um, they managed to infiltrate his personal guard. 
And although the assassination attempt initially fails, it leaves him with grievous wounds that eventually do him in. Damn it! There's gonna be a lot more assassinations in this. Just can you imagine the assassin? He's like, "Fuck, I fail," and he dies months later. He's like, "I didn't fail." I think he died like days later. (laughs) Oh god, that sucks. (laughs) Before Bertie died, he managed to produce three sons with Zumarud, Shans Al Mulk Ishmael, Shihab Ed Din Mahmed, and Jamal Ad Din Muhammad. Alright, alright. So we'll talk about a couple of those names shortly here. Cool. Up to this point, we've talked very little of Zubarud. Yeah, like, rude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like several women we've talked about, it was very rare for Islamic women to obtain power for themselves. The exception often came when their husbands died young while leaving behind young sons. So finally, Zumarud gets to enter her own story um, as she is one of these women. So Zumarud's oldest son wasn't exactly a child. After Buri died, Ishmael came to power with relative ease after his father died. But he was young and notoriously hot-headed. So, of course, he initially did not want his mother hanging around to give him advice. Fuck off. When you say he wasn't a child, I was like, yeah, he just got born, like, immediately a giant human. <laughs> I like to imagine he was probably, like, 17 or 18. Okay. Like, young enough to be a teenager, yeah. but, like, it was just old the, enough to It was to just the way own. you said it. He was not a child. I'm like, ever? <laughs> ever. He came he out, came of, out the of the womb, womb immediately yeah. a giant human. <laughs> The little we know of Zumarud's relationship with her eldest son tells us that they did not exactly have a very good relationship. No shit. He's like, I don't want you here. That will become obvious very soon in our story. Oh, good. It is generally assumed that Zumarud did not experience the gender segregation that would have normally secluded a woman of her position in a harem. Zumarud was able to exercise a great deal more autonomy than other women around her, um, which is kind of unheard of, honestly. So she she did not come up through a harem. As the widow of the previous Lord of Damascus, Zumarud entered a period of mourning and completely withdrew from public life for a time. A year before her husband died, King Baldwin II also died in Jerusalem. Peace. So right now, you kind of have a changing of the guard going on in both Damascus and Jerusalem. That's a good time to have a changing of the guard because they're so focused on themselves yes. that they don't come and mess with you and your strifing but literally after Baldwin, a year after Baldwin dies, Melisande has become queen regnant. Hell yeah. And a year later Zumarud's ruling in Damascus. Oh hell yeah. Well, soon. You guys. <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> For reasons. For reasons. <laughs> so this is kind of where we see some similarities between Zumarud and Melisande emerge. Melisan would go on to be known for her religious projects in Jerusalem, namely the renovation of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, or Sepulchre. Sepulchre. I can never Sepulchre. get it right. I know, I but I'll, I got you. <laughs> the Church of the Holy Boobs. The Church of the Holy Boobs! <laughs> Don't strike me down. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Zumarud was similarly a patron of religious architecture, and her first act following the death of her husband was to order the building of a great madrasa. What's a madrasa, Rachel? So a madrasa... Sorry, I saw that you had it defined, so... (laughs) ...is an Islamic educational institution. Oh, that's cool. It could be either religious or secular. Um, The madrasa Katanu'iya that Zumarud commissioned was the fifth madrasa to be constructed in the city of Damascus at the time. Hell yeah. Zumarud would be among the earliest of Islamic women to commission these institutions and usher in a renaissance of sorts 
of Islamic women becoming involved in Islamic religious architecture projects in the 12th century. Hell yeah. So these madrasas, are they... I don't know why I'm rolling all of my R's. Because um, I can't. You're I'm rubbing it in. Um, <laughs> rubbing it in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are they open to everyone or just people with power? I don't know. I, I guess okay. it would depend. If it if it's more of an education secular school, it might be everyone. Um, if it's religious, obviously, it's going to be limited to Muslims, I would imagine, visiting. Okay. I'm just wondering if like it's nobility or if it's nobility and everyone else. I did not look that up. Well, it's fine, Rachel. Right. Just give us us. half the story. (laughs) Just kidding. Wow. Wow. I think I I think I took I think took a picture. Took a picture. (laughs) I think I have a picture at the end of the madrasa to show you. Hell yeah. I think so. Heck yeah. As mentioned We have pictures. (laughs) Sorry. Zumbadud's son was a notorious hothead with an itch for glory. And at the start of his reign... What fucking man in this time and age is not? I should mention he is stylizing himself as king now. Stop it. No, nobody had done that really in Damascus Sir, until Ishmael. You're at a, at a uh, whatever it's called. You're an Atabeg? That one. <laughs> I thought it had more synony- or syllables. <laughs> so, um... At the start of his reign, Ishmael actually does kind of show, like, some some great promise. So, one of Ishmael's first military successes occurs when he reclaims the fortress of Banyas from Frankish crusader forces um, in modern-day Syria. Oh, okay. In doing so, Ishmael establishes himself as a new threat for King Folk and the crusader forces. <laughs> Fuck you, Folk. Sorry. Yes, stupid Folk. <laughs> Fucking Folk. <laughs> chased a rabbit down with a lance. That's what you get for being a freaking idiot. <laughs> Despite this, he also manages to catch the eye of Adabeg Zengi, the current lord of Aleppo and future military leader for the Islamic forces. I just see Adabeg Zengi, like, fluttering his eyelashes and be like, Hi. Like, who are you? Oh my it God. would be more like, who is this person rising in Damascus? I I know, but you said caught his eye, so now I'm believing it's romantic in every way. Well, <laughs> oh. hold on to that for later. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for the spicy. <laughs> despite this mili- despite this early military victory, Ishmael turns out to be kind of a nightmare to live under. <laughs> for one, we're told he was incredibly paranoid, even of his own allies. And he was continuously fearful that one of his allies would try to assassinate him and take his place. I mean, that is fair. That is a fair fear, a, uh, a fair fear to have. Yeah. Fair fear sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, his, his a legitimate fear was to killed have. by assassination. Yeah. <laughs> it may not have been an immediate assassination, but it was definitely an assassination. Delayed a little bit. <laughs> the problem was that Ishmael was said to be a generally miserable person to be around, even by the standards of the Islamic chroniclers that wrote of him. Great. Not only was he prone to fits of rage, but he was apparently incredibly greedy, and his own people grew disenchanted by his intense taxation policies. Wow. He's like, give me all your money. I don't care. This is where having Zumurud around would have been helpful. She would have counseled him not to tax his people to the point of starvation, which is what he did. (laughs) She's like, "Um, excuse me, child. Um think about this <laughs> listen this is some advice from the world of difficult damsels yeah okay don't tax the people to the point that they starve and be a jerk at the same time yeah, i mean maybe don't do pick either one. Just like pick ever one. maybe pick don't one. do either like i just feel like if, if you, you're gonna do you're it going to do it right pick but okay one. i guess if you want to <laughs> be an asshole <laughs> <laughs> zoom is said to have completely been dismayed by her own son 
Again, we have more parallels with Zumarud and Melisande um, because <laughs> both have the misfortune of getting stuck with two incredibly bratty firstborn sons. Great, great. <laughs> the difference between the two is that Zumarud had a slightly different tactic of dealing with her troublesome son, as we're going to find out. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of how much his own people loathed him, the Islamic historian Ibn al-Athir wrote of Ishmael that he used extreme tortures to extract money and manifested excessive greed and meanness of spirit. His family, his followers, and his subjects loathed him. Well, he didn't have followers. Like, he just had people who loathed him. <laughs> <laughs> followers and quotation Yeah, hard quotation marks on that followers. But, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like in his, in his bedchamber at night, ready, getting ready for bed. And he's like, what can I do tomorrow that will make the people hate me even more? Like, yes. I would love to be hated and loathed by everyone. I don't know why he had that voice. <laughs> Everything comes to a head when a slave in Ishmael's household attempts to kill him. Okay, you're not helping because now you're, you're, um, what's the word? Legitimizing his paranoia. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Stop it. It's just gonna get worse from here. So, again, sources vary on this. It could have been a male or a female slave, um, depending on what you read. I just love that the slave probably, like, flipped a table and was like, I'm fucking done! <laughs> I like to imagine it was probably a female slave in his harem, but that's just me, because okay. I think it'd be fun. Can you imagine how horrible he would have been to his yes. harem? Like, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I, nope. I don't want to imagine it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> After the assassination attempt fails, the slave is captured and tortured before confessing Ugh. that they tried to kill the king of Damascus to rid the world of his terror. Yeah. That's a valid freaking re- I mean, don't kill people, anyone, but, like, for legal <laughs> reasons, never commit murder, but, like, also... <laughs> For legal reasons, we do not endorse murder. We do not. But talking <laughs> historically, we would have endorsed this one. <laughs> During the questioning, the slave reveals the names of other people involved in the no. conspiracy. You go down uh, on your own as a martyr. So everyone else can do it later. <laughs> These named conspirators were arrested, tortured, and executed without any opportunity to speak on their defense well, or stand course. trial. He doesn't seem like the type of guy to worry himself about justice in any form or shape. One of the named conspirators was Ishmael's half-brother. Stop it. The half-brother was half not... Half-brother. Well, yeah, because um, we can imagine Burry had... A harem. So this is not one of Zumbadu's oh, children. Oh, I, for, I, I forget the harem. It's one exist. of okay. it's one of the other wives. Okay, I forget that they have multiple wives. So Ishmael has his half brother walled up alive in prison and then left to starve to death. No. And although the half brother was not of Zumbadu's blood, it was said that she was incredibly shocked by the bar- by the barbarity of her son's actions. Yeah, dude. No, you can't just do that. Well, he did it. Ugh. <laughs> Gosh. Following the assassination attempt, an already paranoid Ishmael is even more terrified and decides to move all his possessions and fortune out of Damascus, and he basically fucks off to the city of Salkid. I feel like Zumuru is probably like, you know, we could solve this problem. I feel like... And you can wall yourself up. And then no assassin will get to you. I, we'll put like a little hole and I can feed you like food. Like Elizabeth Bathory? Yeah, yeah, I'll feed you food. But like, you'll Here's be fine. A straw. You'll be fine in your little hidey I hole really feel of like desperation. She was probably content to just work on her religious projects and like. Yeah, she's probably like, I'm going to be over here when you don't solitude. see me and yeah. don't fuck with me. But somebody she's probably had to like, get things under control. She's probably like scared of her son. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because if he can do that to his half-brother, <laughs> what's to stop Here's him from doing it to his mother? Yeah, is there, so, I don't know if there's a best part to this story, but okay. <laughs> Ishmael does the thing that other people of this era like to sometimes oh, do. Oh, no. Which is reach out to Adebeg Zengi and Stop offer the city it. of Damascus. Ladies and fucking gentlemen, let's put out a fucking newsletter or a fucking like bulletin that's like, hey guys, maybe never try this because it never works out for you in the end. Why Just not? ask Alice. Why Why wouldn't it work? Go ask him? Alice. That's a book. <laughs> it is. I've read it. It's very sad. Uh, it is a very sad book. <laughs> so he basically writes to Zengi and says, hey man, it's not working out in Damascus. You should probably take it because I just abandoned it. And those annoying Frankish crusader forces with their smelly cheese might take it if you don't get there first. Zerud is like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? <laughs> So at this point, the people of Damascus are livid. Um, yeah, he went from literally a fuck-up to an extreme fuck-up. <laughs> so they did not want their city falling to Christian forces, but they also did not want Zengi anywhere yeah, near they're the like, city. We don't like that guy. Like, we thought you were bad. He's not great either. <laughs> he so, kills his own people. <laughs> so, so here's the thing you also need to know. Um, Aleppo and Damascus also have bad blood historically what they've Who never the fuck in this region doesn't yeah they've <laughs> never gotten along they have always been enemies of each other taylor swift's bad blood just like plays in the background all and day yeah yeah <laughs> and everyone's like okay we're now mad because this song was on repeat <laughs> so it's from this point on that the city of damascus turns to zumbadud Okay, I'm liking this so far. The people of Damascus basically appealed to Zumanud and asked her to stage an intervention of sorts with her son and convince him not to hand the city off. They're like, please fucking fix this. (laughs) (laughs) And Zumanud's like, oh, now I exist? (laughs) Help us, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, up to this point, Zumanud was still removed from public life and likely had not heard of her son's plans. But once she is informed of them, she is livid and outraged. Um, there's also something else that comes to light that it potentially puts Zumadud's life in danger as well. Uh-oh. So do you remember in Melisande's story how um, it was rumored she was having an affair with Hugh of Jaffa? Yeah. And that, like, created all these problems within her court? Yeah, and then Hugh, so, of, Jaffa, Hugh of Jaffa was murdered? Murdered. He was attacked in the streets. And, and then murdered. his wounds festered, and he died, and Melisande got very angry. And she subdued her husband completely. Melisande's like, I'm Glorious. going to fucking kill you now. <laughs> Go listen to those episodes. Yeah, they're fun. Already. They're fun. <laughs> Something similar happens here. So in Damascus, rumors start to emerge telling of an affair between Zumarud and her dead husband's former chief advisor, Yusuf Ibn Firuz. Is this bad? She's not married. Well... The thing oh, is, I guess at the time, chastity okay. is incredibly important for widows. <sighs> Listen, look, <laughs> I know it's upsetting, <laughs> guys. That was my brain not being able to compute Your that statement. Like she just broke me. I think it. <laughs> you should have seen the face I gave her. I mean, you remember, um, what's his face wrote to Melisande and was like, "Hey, you can't be a good queen. Oh, if you can't yeah, be that a good guy." Widow. I think it's even... She's like, watch me, bitch. <laughs> I think chastity, at least publicly, is, like, even more important in Islamic culture. Again, if I'm wrong on that, please let me know. But, yeah, she's basically supposed to... If her husband died. She's not supposed to have sex with anyone ever again. That's the only time they can get good sex, okay? <laughs> Fair. 
So this is a Sorry, problem. Mom, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> because now that the rumors were public, Zumuru knew that her son would likely try to have Yusuf killed. And oh, that meant... come on. He just jumps the chance to kill anyone, period. <laughs> that meant she essentially has to choose between her son and her possible lover. Um, or a potentially totally innocent bystander. I actually do think it's... that they were lovers, oh, personally. Okay. I was going to say, they're at least friends. And, like, again, like we say, guys, we can be in a room together and not have I think, sex. I think there was something going on with that. Oh, okay. I'm here for I'm going to... Choose that headcanon. I'm here for it. I feel like Zumarud's like, Because of what happened. And this is, oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's one way to shut me up. (laughs) So, the choice between Zumarud's possible lover, and if he was a man she trusted and was close to, we can assume he was also intelligent and a capable advisor. Yeah. Or she has the choice to side with her young brat king of a son. Who has literally made mistake after mistake after mistake. That is also super paranoid and now going on a murderous rampage of his own courtiers. Super cruel. And (laughs) likely cruel and like you said, she's probably scared of him. Yeah. Honestly. He seems very unhinged. Yeah. Even by Well, he literally just was standards. like, I'm going to murder your maybe sort of lover. I'm not sure, but and it sounds like fun. everybody else in the city, because I feel like yeah. it. And also give the city to Adabeg yeah. Zangi, who will probably come in here and also murder. And also I'll kill you all. <laughs> um, let's not discount the fact that if Zumurud is accused of having an affair with her husband's former advisor, her own life is in danger as well. Um, that makes me so mad. Like, that, men that... are swinging their dicks around left and right mm-hmm. and tripping into vajayjays v- 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 and... We can't fucking... <laughs> Women are like, mm, we have to be chast. Chaste. Yes. Chaste. Chaste. Chast. Chasted. Chastity. Chastized. <laughs> so at this... Uh, meh. So what does Zumaru do? Why don't you take a guess? Just take a guess. Kills her son. I know that's not the thing, but that's what I want to happen. That's pretty close. Poisons her son. So at this point, we're told that Yusuf fled Damascus, and ran off to Palmyria. Do you remember Palmyria? No. Do you remember the Zenobia episodes? Sort of. Palmyria was an ancient city in Syria during the Roman uh, era. Yeah. So okay. it's, still, it's still a thing Okay. at okay. this point. And he goes there to hide from Ishmael's wrath. He's like, get your son under control, basically. <laughs> basically. He's like, you do that, and then I'll come back to you. Yeah. And we'll resume our fun under your skirts. Yeah. Ooh, hey. <laughs> In the meantime. I thought you were going to say fun under the sun and it went to skirts and it got weird fast and I liked it. it. <laughs> In the meantime, Zimarud summons her son back to Damascus to face up to his cowardice. She's like, hey, dumbass, come here. <laughs> and Ishmael comes. Oh, God. And this is another classic he moment. He has to be so narcissistic and so full of himself yeah. and have such an inflated ego and head that he's like, I'm going to go. So, this is another classic moment that recalls another similar scene of a mother upbraiding a son. Do you remember when Agrippina did this with Nero? Yes. This is kind of how I pictured it. I enjoyed when Agrippina <laughs> did this with Nero. She's like, by the ear, like, get your fucking shit together. So, Zumarud... Set the scene, Rachel. <laughs> Zumarud is said to have basically, like, been sitting on the throne, room, the throne and called him to the throne yes. room. And she chastised her son for... Being an abhorrent human being and going off the rails. I imagine she is just like decked out in like all this regalia. And like, regalia, is that a rare word? Yes. It is now. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she's like sitting like super like up, like straight back and just like so much power behind her. And she's like, you fucking dumbass. Yes. (laughs) She's got the like dark almond eyes and like the dark hair that's kind of peeking out from her. And I imagine that her son went back to like being five and cowering before his mother. He's like, damn it. 
The intervention was intended to bring her son back around with logic and reason, but according to all the sources, Ishmael was already too far gone at that point. It sounds like it. He's beyond any point where he can be reasoned with. When Zumarud realizes this, she shifts gears quickly and employs a new tactic. I am going to set the scene for you. Do it! So, Zumarud likely presented the facts to her son as calmly and stoically as you can picture. Yes. You gotta stop murdering your own courtiers. Listen, it's not a good look. Yeah. You you gotta stop. You gotta maybe act like a normal (laughs) human. (laughs) Not everyone is out to get you. Your paranoia is a self-fulfilling prophecy and making your people hate you. Yeah. (laughs) Because when you are not blindly murdering them, you're starving them to death with policies that are making them completely broke. If you don't chill the fuck out, your people are going to kill you. Yeah. And I will not stop them. (laughs) (laughs) I will probably be in front of them cheering them on. Ishmael likely sulked and angrily made some grossly misogynistic oh, yeah. comment about I bet he how women are emotional. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't have any insight into running a kingdom. Yeah. And he probably started going off about her lover, Yusuf, and how her lover probably wanted to have him killed. Oh, I can imagine. She just stands up at that point. <laughs> and at one point, Zumarud just kind of realizes that nothing she says is going to get through her son's head. And so she just stops talking. Mm-hmm. And she smiles. She nods her head. She tells her son, you know what? You're right. The people around you are terrible. But I'll handle it. Oh, okay. And then the moment Ishmael left the room, Zumarud immediately set off to coordinating a new plot to have her son killed. (gasps) I shouldn't be cheering this, but yes! (laughs) So according to the stories, Zumarud met with Ishmael's slaves... Again, we don't know if it was the men or the women, but I like to I imagine... I like to think it's like a congregation of both. I like to imagine it was the women in his harem. Ooh, I like that better. You're right. <laughs> and she apparently convinced them of something that they already knew, which was that Ishmael was a terrible human being, and that it would be a service to the realm if they decided to kill their master. She's like, thank... F- the, all the girl women are like, thank fuck it. Okay. <laughs> We're, we're, thank yes, all, thank we Allah, here we're for in you. for it. Like, we're gonna do it. I almost said thank Jesus, but I forgot where we are. Thank Allah. <laughs> thank Allah. And <laughs> they're like, we're so happy that you are on the same page as we are because we were actually just plotting, well, you know so what? join us. We were just a little concerned you might have a problem because it's your son, but now that we're on the same page, yeah, yeah. let's get this done. Look, we already have like an entire book planned out for it, so like, come join us for it's our meeting. It's Ishmael Burn book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, given Ishmael's treatment of his people, it's likely that his own slaves had endured several torments from him as well, so they were all too happy to oblige. Yeah. I can imagine, of all the people in this whole situation, the harem deserved to get that killed Again, I don't know if it's a harem. I'm just saying. It's it's a harem. Like, this is is the story now, guys. We are writing history right now. Literally, there's nothing about this on the internet except for what I found in the book. This is what happens when you give Rachel and I leeway to create our own story. So we're not entirely sure if any other incentives were offered to the slaves who did the deed. Um, It's possible Zimurud also offered them gold if they killed her son. Yeah, that's fair. But this is exactly what they do. I just imagine the harem's like, we don't even need your gold. But we'll take it. We'll take it. But, like, we don't need it. (laughs) So allegedly all of his slaves turned on him and murdered him as soon as they managed to get him alone in a room. Oh, my God. I love that. Again, I don't have the details, but I personally like to imagine it was probably butter knives. I don't know why. Yeah, like dull butter knives. Like, Like, it took a while thawing. Like, these were the rusted ones that, like, we were gonna throw away. Okay, guys, like, but for the legal reasons, we do not condone murder, but this is great. (laughs) When Ishmael dies, he's around the age of 21. 
he's that much of a monster and he's only 21. Yes. Where did he learn? Well, I guess I can't say where did he learn to be a monster because, like, this era is full of them. But, Every, like, Jesus. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I really do think when you are that out of touch with the world, like, there's probably some kind of mental yeah. issue going on. Also when you're raised. Plus be, megalomania. Yeah. yeah. When you're raised with a big head and money. Narcissism, megalomania, yeah. maybe some trauma for all we know. <laughs> Assholeism. <laughs> Following his death, the slaves sent word to Zumudud that her son was dead. Upon learning of his death, oh, she did pro- not mourn or grieve. Yes. Instead, <laughs> she instructed that his corpse be dragged through the streets and then strung up in a public square for the people of Damascus to witness. Oh, shit. <laughs> Girl did not waste any time. I love how I imagine that the harem just sent, like, a folded piece of paper and, like, kissed it with their lipstick. Yes. And all it said it's inside done. was, it is done. It is done. <laughs> in Arabic. Yeah. The Arabic letters. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and then uh, she framed it. <laughs> another version of the event says that the slaves murdered Ishmael in Zumarud's presence. And then she had his body tossed out the window of the citadel and onto the streets of Damascus. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, we uh, might know where he learned his shit from. She just keeps it, you know, focused on <laughs> yes. the bad people. <laughs> Whichever version is true, all stories end the same way. The people of Damascus were overjoyed to finally be rid of a tyrant and cheered his death in the streets. Ooh, that's problematic for you. <laughs> Another Muslim chronicler wrote that Zumudud showed neither mercy nor sorrow for his loss because of his evil actions, the corruption of his mind, his vile conduct, and blameworthy behavior. I love... So it's such a, it's such a like, dangerous line to, mm-hmm. to um, straddle. But, like, I love that where they're, like get shit done yes and like ruthless ruthless cold-hearted but like you know but there's good reasoning behind it again we're not condoning murder murder but if you're gonna do it (laughs) do it the right way yeah yeah (laughs) if you are wondering what the people of damascus thought of zimudud after learning she had her own son killed they did not seem to care at all and instead she was championed and lauded as a liberator and a hero that tells you she's gonna be like she could be a really good leader because she took someone so horrible out of the picture even though it was her son and it was her own blood she did it for the people yeah if the story is to be believed, she yes. did it for the people. Like I, I yeah, that, I think I think she realized like there's nobody who could influence him, and he was just gonna basically destroy everything. Yeah, that he built. it was gonna yeah. get worse. It was not gonna get better. I like it. Following the death of Ishmael, Zumurud had her second son Mahmud installed as the new king of Damascus. Um, I'm not sure how old Mahmud is at this point, but we're told. That when he was placed on the throne of Damascus, Zumarud was sitting next to him. And when the nobility came forth to pledge their oaths to, to Mahmud, they did so as well to her. Yes! Emirs, soldiers, and nobles were forced to recognize him and give the oath of allegiance to both of them. That they would sincerely serve both and support their supporters and slight their enemies. So I cannot stress this enough. This was an extremely rare and almost entirely unheard of thing yeah. to occur in the Islamic kingdom. Damn. It would have been unusual for Melisande when she was qu- crowned. 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 <laughs> crowned. That's like the, the <laughs> priest from uh, the, oh, what's it called? Something's Bride. What? What? It's in a movie. The Princess Bride. Oh. The priest. Wow. Yes. True. Wow. 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 
But yeah, so it would have been rare for Melisande as a Christian ruler. It's even rarer for Z- for Zumarud at this point to yeah. be recognized in such a, a way. I just imagine her being so goddamn regal and like her um her stature and her like energy yeah. just like completely like commands the room. Commands the room and just like makes her son so small. Yes. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know why yeah. I'm here, guys. <laughs> um Mahmud must have been very young because Zumarud was allowed to rule formally as his regent for the next couple of years. And we're told that the caliph in Baghdad did not contest her position either. Hell yeah. So something else fun happens in the aftermath of Ishmael's death. Oh no. <laughs> Do you remember when Ishmael wrote to Adabeg Zengi and invited him to take Damascus? Oh my god, please tell me Adabeg Zengi shows up and he's like, nah, shit. <laughs> so Zengi ends up turning oh, up outside no. the gates of Damascus with his army, fully anticipating that the gates would be open to him. So we're just, just like, please go away. Allie's running away. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't know that Ishmael has been oh, killed. No. And so when he turns up to Damascus, the gates are closed. <laughs> He's like, oh, He's excuse, like, me. excuse me, I have a letter. I have a multi-pass. Lilo <laughs> So we're told that he was politely but firmly told that his services were no longer needed. And that Damascus was in capable hands now. You can turn there tail no and surrender. Run. <laughs> Before Zengi leaves, he manages to catch sight of the beautiful and now powerful widow of his former enemy. And in my headcanon, the fearsome and reviled Zengi makes eye contact with the beautifully veiled woman atop the battlements and falls in love with her immediately. Obviously, this woman is Zumudu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So Zengi leaves Damascus, but at the end of the day, he really wants it now. Oh, no. Ishmael offered it to him on a silver platter, and that's not something you just forget. Yeah, especially not with guys like Zengi. (laughs) So Zengi is determined to add Damascus to his empire, and if there's any way he can do so without bloodshed, bloodshed, he'll be the happier for it. Oh, no. And he recognized that the key to Damascus was through the heart of Zumarud. She's like, no, go away. (laughs) Or at least, you know, a marriage alliance. Yeah. So this is when Zengi reached out to Zumarud and formally proposes a marriage alliance. He's like, hey, look, I know that you turned me away. And that's fine. That's fine. Um, But damn, girl, like, I saw you out there and you were fucking And I fell in love. I had, he had hard eyes. Yeah, yeah. He had hard eyes. I had hard eyes and a hard on. So here we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this would have been a pretty big deal and a pretty lucrative marriage alliance. It would definitely... Un- yeah. It would officially unite the cities of Damascus and Aleppo, which were the two largest Islamic cities in the area, and it would potentially end decades of fighting between the two cities. Zumarud had ruled as regent in Damascus for a couple of years, but when she marries Zangi, she ends up moving to Aleppo with him and leaves Damascus in the hands of her son and his counselors. Is that going to turn out bad for everyone? God damn it. <laughs> you never leave! <laughs> So, it's likely that Zengi intended to rule Damascus through Zumarud, but he never gets the opportunity. And the two were married less than a year when tragic news <gasps> reached Zumarud in Aleppo. Oh no! Her second son, Mahmud, had been assassinated. Okay, guys, if you could just stop <laughs> assassinating everyone. <laughs> assassinating this, all the people. This led to the problem of the paranoid psychopath. So, if we could just stop and just chill. So, Zumarud is devastated when she hears of her second son's death, which is 
quite the contrast to the cutthroat ruthlessness she had displayed during her first son's murder. Because her first son was a piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> Zumadud was said to be so grieved and distressed that she wrote to her husband. So at the time, Zengi is stationed in the city of Mosul. Which I was is in... very confused. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. You just she... said she left with him. <laughs> <laughs> she did, but then he kept going. Gotcha. Gotcha. He's so like, he's... you stay here. And she's like, why can't I just stay in Damascus? <laughs> he's in modern day Iraq at this point, but she writes him a letter and she says... She wants him to bring fire and blood upon the conspirators in Damascus that had murdered her son. Also, it's Iraq. Sorry. Iraq. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I said... I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, I always have to correct when people say Iran and Iraq. Like... It's because we're... I know. I know. Thank you for the correction. You're welcome. (laughs) Ever the dutiful husband, Zengi made his way to Damascus to confront the conspirators. Ironically enough, it is likely that Zumarud's third son was involved in the conspiracy because he had named himself as the Lord of Damascus immediately following his brother's you death. You stop it. I mean, was he not next in line, technically? Yeah. So, like, that could have just been a coincidence. It, it could have. But He's like, oh, look. <laughs> but with this potential knowledge... um. You kind of understand Zumurud yeah. is instructing her husband to bring vengeance to one son who had orchestrated the death of another. Oof. Maybe. Again, this son is even younger than the other one, so who knows? It could have been just people politicking in the city and thinking he was more amenable to, like, Yeah, control. it also could have been people, like, around him. Like, you know how it, it yeah, always is. Like, exactly. the kings are as good as their advisors. <laughs> but. <sighs> I don't know. Before Zengi even makes it to the city... We're told that Zumarud's third son dies of disease. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. So after that, Zengi decides that the city is more trouble than it's worth. Maybe it's even cursed. Probably. And he's like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah, it's cursed for every man that gets on this. that on that yeah, to throne. Idea. But like <laughs> when Zumarud was on that throne, nothing happened to her. So sadly, this is kind of where our story ends. Oh no. She doesn't even go back to Damascus and rule in Damascus? The death, no, the death, everything goes through the male line. She has no right to it. The death of Zumarud's (laughs) third son marked the end of the short dynasty in Damascus that originated from her husband. We know that during Queen Melisande's early reign in Jerusalem, there was a relatively neutral relationship between Jerusalem and Damascus, so it's entirely possible that the two women may have even had some interaction with each other, even if it was just through written correspondence. I feel like if they ever, like, came face-to-face, they would both just roll their eyes and be like, are you, are you, tell me oh. your story. Oh, God, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, they're both just like, oh, my God, ruling like, in has... a world full of these dumbass men. <laughs> and they, they trade stories of, like, who has the worst son, and then Melisande yeah. would be like, wait, you had him killed? I'm sorry. That was an option? That, I totally didn't even think about that. <laughs> the two women were similarly politically shrewd, but also patrons of the arts and of religious architecture. And both would end up dealing with troublesome sons that would grow to challenge their authority. In Zumarud's case, she turned out to be the sort of mother you did not trifle with. Yeah. (laughs) She appeared to have no trouble making the hard call of having her son killed if it meant preserving peace in the city she ruled. I am... Well, I mean, you said it. She... she uh, I'm almost done. Sorry. I was just going to say, she probably (laughs) had... She definitely had trouble, but in the end, she made the right call. She did. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Zumaru died sometime during the 1140s, um, not long after the death of her last son. Um, we don't know how she died. I mean, she was likely somewhere in her late 40s. Oh, it's terrible. I know. It, it sucks. There's just almost no information on Islamic women. Unfortunately, it's very hard to find. But I thought it was a really freaking cool story. Hell yeah. It was a cool story. I'm here for it. So, like Alice, um, there are no pictures of Zumaru. Uh, of course there are, because we don't even know her birth date. <laughs> but. Oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> um, so, the show Magnificent Century, um, it's about Solomon the Magnificent. Oh, I've seen that. Rain. Not it's, seen that, but seen. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, it's a Turkish show, and the thing about Turkish shows is they're like, 20 to 40 episodes long. Oh my god. Per season and Hell each yes. episode is 2 hours. Oh my god. Yes. America, get your shit together. <laughs> like it's it's basically like their version of a soap opera. I'm here for so, it. So like because there's no pictures of Zuma dude, I went and I found um I was looking at the women from Magnificent Century. She, she's gorgeous. This is how I picture her. Look at her. She yeah. She's got emeralds on. Yes. I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's that could be the so the we'll, reason for the name. <laughs> we'll we'll put a picture on. This is Denise, um, I think it's Kakir as Saw Sultan in Magnificent Century, and that's yeah. how I picture her. I like it. This is Zumarud's Madrasa oh. and Mausoleum. No, oh, the, I'll have okay. to look up the Madrasa. It's, that's a, it's go back down. Go back up. down to the Mausoleum. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yes. Look at that. I like it. I don't even know how to describe it. We'll, we'll put a picture online. It's kind of phallic, but <laughs> a little bit. Um, it's beautifully. And this is just showing. Um, so you see the Crusader states here, but yeah. you also see, so in Egypt, you have the um, Fatmid Caliphate, and then you've got, like, the Emirate of Damascus here, literally okay. runs parallel to Jerusalem. Yeah. The great Seljuk Empire comprises of all of this, but each oh, wow. principality is ruled by a different ruler. So Interesting. Aleppo is by Antioch, that's where Adabeg Zengi is, and then Damascus is where Zumarud and her children were. Hell yeah. yeah. We'll put that map. Um, online. We so will have all the maps. Um, when yeah. Kat posts it on social media. <laughs> That's the story of Zuma, dude. Hell yeah. I like it. I've totally made a mistake and I put the thing in the box and now we're fucked. Oh. <laughs> I'll fix it. So my sources for today's episode, again, the amazing Queens of Jerusalem, The Woo. Women Who Dared to Rule by Catherine Pinjonis. Thank you, Catherine Pinjonis. Thank you, you're amazing. Go buy her book. We'll put the picture up. Woo! Um, and then the Wikipedias. The Wikipedias. Donate. Yes, please rate, <laughs> review, and subscribe. That really helps our podcast yes. out. Guys, we want to hear from you. <laughs> um, yes, we do. We haven't had any reviews in a while. We, we know you love us. We love so a review. Please tell us you love us because we are kind of narcissistic. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. <laughs> you um, you can we can actually see now how many subscribers we have for Spotify, and we Hell keep yeah. getting like new ones every day. It's really we cool. keep getting uh, new people on Instagram, which I'm just oh, surprised because sweet. like I never post anything. <laughs> Like, they probably welcome. are so disappointed when they go to our Facebook page or their our social medias and they're like, they haven't posted shit. Listen. <laughs> Look, you guys. Are, we're, we're. We are not spill the meat. <laughs> we're not. They're amazing. Oh, man. Um, I was listening. Well, I'm going I'm to hire them and be like, can you do all of our stuff too? They did. They they don't have time. Um, They both have kids. I don't know how they how do the it. Fuck? Yeah. They were, talk- they were talking about that. And um, I have six, seven, eight kids. I have eight kids, guys. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But no, Look, they, a dog is like having three kids, okay? <laughs> they did an episode, uh, I think the one that just came out was like, 
Australia versus emus. It was pretty funny. Oh my god, I saw pictures for it. I was like, I'm the treat. <laughs> the emus oh, win. Man. <laughs> the emus win. The emus win. It was so. It was. So Sorry, good. guys. We keep fangirling over them, but here yeah, we are. <laughs> I have a little crush on them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, oh. so we decided for a random question. We are going to um, pick cards from a card game called We're Not Really Strangers. And apparently this game, if you play it with friends, might make you cry. Fuck so. me. Like, <laughs> you didn't tell me that? <laughs> Surprise. Shit. <laughs> so we've decided Rachel and I, well, okay. okay. Um, Rachel and I are going to both pull cards, but depending on how the first card goes, <laughs> yeah, we might be fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Now I'm nervous. Okay. So I'm going to pull my card. Okay. It's going to be this one. Why not? Here we go. But this doesn't, it's a reminder. That's not a question. Well, that's not helpful. Shit, Do dude. another one. Fuck. <laughs> this is why tarot makes me so nervous. <laughs> it said let go oh. of your attachments, which is a good thing to do. <laughs> We're going to do this one. Okay. Let go. Okay. Um, I don't know about this one. Well... <laughs> I don't think we want... Okay, you need to pick both of them, apparently, because I'm bad at this. That's a good one. So it's maintain eye contact for 30 seconds. What did you know? Nobody wants 30 seconds of dead air. <laughs> I know, that's not a very good audience. We can do like a... That would be a very good intimacy one, just... I, we can do like an okay. Instagram thing. <laughs> what do you think is the hardest part of what I do for a living? What I do. Dealing with incompetence. You want to try a little harder? No. <laughs> um, I don't really know what you do. <laughs> like, I know you work for a company I hate. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Can we just answer? No, hold on. Okay. What is, let me see the card. I don't want to make eye contact with you. <laughs> <sighs> I'll do you first. So I think the hardest part about your job, I don't know how much I can talk about your job. I mean, you can, don't name You You names. work in human trafficking, basically. I can say that, yeah. Yeah. I'm I, mostly missing kids. Okay, so missing kids. I yeah. think, I would imagine when you actually find some of those kids and you realize how hard it is to even convince them that what has happened to them um, isn't their fault <laughs> isn't good or their fault or even is something that they should be upset about I would imagine that's incredibly hard to deal with so I actually don't have any contact with kids because I, I am not trained for that and I am not sworn okay so that's but you're great. still looking for them um the hardest part is along that same line where it's like it's hard reading about what they've gone through yes. and yeah not being able to talk to them and not being able to like there for them because no one else in their life has yeah okay this doesn't help me answer my question to you (laughs) what's the hardest part yours is not eating all the cheese (laughs) no for sure no i've talked about it it's i get it's the thing that happens in corporate america it's like you get thrown more and more and more things to do and it's like i can't even keep up with my responsibilities yeah. yeah like that's that's hard like really being able to draw the line and say like I can't take on anymore. I physically don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. Especially, well, but you, just corporate America, yeah. it's like you keep expanding you're a as number, a company, you're but a you're person. not necessarily 
growing your base to... You're not growing your people. You're growing your people by just giving them more work as opposed to, like, really sometimes you just need more positions. Yeah. Because you can't do three people's work, but that's what we're all doing now. Yeah. (laughs) You want to try another one? Mm, Yep. (sighs) I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) These are kind of fun, though. You guys should get this I don't even know what you do for a living. (laughs) I, like, I know, like, the general, like... We joke about that all the time. I joke about it with my friend Ron. I'm like, we don't even know what you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's see this one. Okay, (laughs) this will be fun. (laughs) What was your first impression of me? My first impression of you... (laughs) You're going to hate my answer on this one too, but you know my answer. I already know your answer, yeah. (laughs) You were quiet. You you seemed cool, like, from a visual perspective. Like, I really liked your style, but I I didn't really know how to connect with you. That's fair. So, like, I didn't have... It was very ambivalent. I was like, oh, she's cool. You were also on the sister team, so even though we were technically the same team, we We didn't did not interact at all. Yeah. So it very much felt like, oh, I can't talk to you. Yeah. Not because they made me feel that way, but it was just like, we just... We literally worked work. across from each other, like, yeah. different pods across a hallway. Like, a hallway. Not even a hallway, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it was just, literally like, a, like, ten feet away. Yeah. Well, there was, like, a dividing pathway. You were in your own <laughs> cubby area. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's miserable in my own cubby but area. Yeah, it was just very much, like, like, oh, she seems cool. Wish I could talk to her. Don't fucking know how. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, so my first impression of <laughs> poor Rachel. So Rachel has this demeanor about her that is I don't want to say unapproachable but it's like an approach at your own risk (laughs) like you best bring your fucking big guns to this conversation (laughs) and it's not necessarily a bad thing but that is Rachel just intimidating (laughs) yes (laughs) and she was from California and I think I was still happy in my job by then so that didn't affect it but I didn't necessarily not like Rachel. You thought I was a bitch. Just I, say it. Yeah. Not that you were a bitch. I just was stuck you, up. Yeah. Like, you you had this aura of, like, fuck off. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day, we had, like, a team meeting with everyone. It was like a... We did, like, morning huddles or something. Yeah. Every week. And I just decided, for shits and giggles, because I was probably having a good day that day, that I was going to fake trip her. <laughs> And it has been a love story ever since. <laughs> I just went along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think it was probably one of those days where we were both just, like, having a busy, long day. And I yeah. was just like, well, this would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and but, then we both laughed and, like, had a moment of, like, oh, you're actually kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I think also, too, like, the reason behind the way we felt about each other is because you just moved mm-hmm. to a new fucking state. Yeah. And, like, I kind of knew what that was like. Um, but... So you were probably very, like, not vulnerable, but just, like, intimidated. Yeah. And <laughs> I was, like, Ugh. Stuck in my own head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you weren't yeah. necessarily paying attention. You were trying to learn the job, and you were trying yeah. to, you know, figure your, out your place in the, the spot. Yeah. And I was just, like, mm. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. I so. was very, um, it was really hard. Like, the first few months, the, uh, the person I was sitting with did not introduce me to anybody Who at all. Who did you sit with? Are you allowed to say their name? I'll, I'll say it all. Okay. <laughs> she, I could tell, did not like me. Oh, I remember who you sat with. Yeah, I could tell. I, I could just feel the vibe. I was like, I don't know what I did to this person. Um, Which is fine. Like, I don't... I feel like that's just that person's vibe, though. It could be, but, like, 
other people would come by and she would introduce them to like the people visiting her and I would be sitting there like it would you're really, like what am I chocolate it would really help out I at some point I just you know I was still shy then yeah. so I I didn't know I could just speak up for myself but once I moved away from her and I was around other people they immediately just I kept introducing like me to people which you've, got, you've gotten better about it but I feel like that was like from the outside looking in that was one of your like biggest struggles was like speaking mm-hmm. up and like yeah. Like, I had no trouble with that, so that's kind of why we, were, like, worked out in the beginning, because I was like, ha! Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think you've you've grown in that aspect, because you're really good at reaching out now. But, you know. But it was just hard. <laughs> I, I literally didn't know anybody, and I had... You, the nature of the job is you work with other teams, and and other teams would keep coming by, and that's a perfect... I, I try to do that now. I would yeah. always be like, hey, this is blah, 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 the new person that yeah, I'm working with. Yeah, this is with. the person you're going to be working with, Exactly. Too. Yeah. Um, we, honestly, like, my building does the same thing. That's just, like, a, a thing in, like, the corporate world. We're so busy that we don't even, like, think to introduce new people. Because, like, there are still people where I walk down the hall, and I fucking say hi to them, and I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people, when people say hi to you, like, there are people who know my name, and I'm like, I yeah. feel bad because I'm like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. It was, it was really easy for me because I had Thor so like yeah oh, people yeah, would just come up and introduce there. themselves and yeah. I'm like cool yeah. <laughs> friends <laughs> but yeah I was dealing with a lot of that I didn't know anybody I didn't have any friends at the time so I was very much in my world just like just learning the job yeah. I don't want to get fired I just moved a different I moved states over it like... was a big change for you in your life too because a lot had happened before you moved so. exactly yeah. yeah so yeah that's fine answer that one right <laughs> that was perfect I feel like work is just triggering for me <laughs> Anyway, you have been listening to Difficult Damsels. You can reach out to us and let me know if I got anything very (laughs) wrong in this episode at difficult.damsels at gmail.com. Woohoo! We're also on Facebook and Instagram. The Instagram. The the gram. The gram. As Rachel has said it. Uh, (laughs) At Difficult Damsels, the podcast. Maybe we'll post something. Maybe we won't. It's pretty much a fun, weird gamble for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And as always... Stay difficult. Stay difficult. Maybe don't murder your son. Definitely don't murder your son unless he's a narcissistic murdering asshole. Then think about it. <laughs> we are not endorsing murder. Never. Here. With, uh, no. <laughs> unless it's on House of the Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.